1: This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us here. My name is Alex. I'm Steve.
0: And I don't hear two of me, so I think we're finally ready to go.
1: Did the IT guy finally get his own stuff fixed?
2: Yeah, he turned it off and back on again. That's true. That's exactly what he did, actually. It was, yeah. (laughs) If people ever learned to do that, I probably wouldn't need a job anymore or have a job anyways. I would definitely need one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh you can give us a follow on twitter at PifflesPod. pod you can give me a follow at real alex d you
0: can follow me at at uh Safavod. and as or always twitter handle. <laughs> i do not need nor want your shitty follows at greg on sports
1: check us out on facebook as well and of course the website pifflespodcast.com lots of stuff going up there lately because uh all of a sudden we're not lazy um <laughs> Pill's Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Stone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. I want to give them a shout out really quick as well because uh, I ordered from them the other day. And the peanut butter cup blizzard.
2: Oh, oh, what a good day that was. That was a good day. Peanut butter is a solid choice. Peanut butter cup blizzard is always perfect. Actually,
0: what you do is you take the peanut butter cup get a little strawberry in there. It's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich.
2: Really good. You know what used to be really good? When they had blueberry, blueberry and Reese's Pieces. Oof. They, don't, they don't have the blueberry flavor anymore, and it makes me sad. Well, you guys are on your own. I'm uh, all of a sudden busy. And I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming Let's out, guys. Go to...
0: Let's go.
1: Yeah. We actually have a lot to get to here. Lots of CFL stuff, of course, with the draft happening this week. Let's get to the opening kickoff. All right, so we'll focus here on the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders picks, um, having the third pick in every single round. In the first round, Riders go uh, with what I actually hoped they would go with and went against what pretty much everybody else wanted them to go. Uh, They went D-line instead of O-line, taking Lake corte moore out of UBC. And I'm just glad they went with D-line because they only have two d Lyman, canadian d Lyman, on the roster right now and both are backups maybe practice roster players at best uh this is a chance for somebody to come in and get some rotational reps and maybe eventually get a starter's job one
0: day yeah they definitely dove into the dra- uh, draft with lake no yeah. boo boo I- i'm joining alex i'm out of here that's it <laughs> Uh, No, yeah, definitely a good pick, great athlete, high motor. Um, Definitely don't hate it. And, yeah, you can tell everyone wanted O-line, wanted O-line, wanted O-line. And J.O. basically said, you guys are not getting what you want (laughs) this draft. So I I like this pick. I think it's going to be fun.
2: I think with the O-line, you know, if you look back at literally every article, every signing, everything rider-related since the season ended, all you've seen with responses. This isn't an O-lineman. What does this have to do with making the O-line better? But you know what? A quality defensive line, keeping our offense on the field, will make our offense better. I I like this. I like this choice. Uh, The second round um, was
1: probably my favorite draft pick. How cool is this? Jackson Ford, defensive back out of uh, the U of R Rams. Um, Al Ford's grandson. So to uh-huh. have your name called by Jeremy O'Day who was brought to Saskatchewan from Toronto by Al Ford back in, what, 1998, I think it was, um, just kind of comes full circle. Really cool that uh, Jeremy O'Day is the guy that can draft Jackson Ford uh, defensive
0: back there. Nothing wrong with taking a local kid. Like, look 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 at how Mitch Picton's done. Um, I... Yeah, I can't wait. Jackson's a, a great player and yeah, that having that rider tie, you know, it means something a little. You you think it means a little something extra to him.
2: Hey, you know what? You look at uh, look at all the mock drafts and everything coming out. This wasn't ex- exactly that much of a reach. Did he maybe go a little bit early because he's got that Ryder uh, connection? Sure, maybe a little bit, but I have no issues with uh with them jumping out to get the the local flair. Well, and what
1: I really love about this draft pick is it gives the Riders some depth. With uh, obviously Mike Adams not coming back, so the starting safety job is up in the air right now. Jaden Dalkey, Nelson Lacombo, Jackson Ford, um, now into the mix. This gives the Riders a little bit of flexibility here to potentially start two defensive backs, two Canadian defensive backs, and maybe that maybe not right to start the season. But maybe later in the year when injuries happen, there's the potential to do that. And you don't necessarily have to start Philip Blake at left tackle. You can actually move him to right guard and keep eight Canadian starters that way still. So I like this because it just gives a little bit more flexibility. And I mean, they tried to have Nelson LaCombo starting at corner last year when he, he was healthy for, you know, the couple games he was actually healthy for. If he can stay healthy and get into 2023 with no injuries, there is that potential to start two Canadians in the
0: defensive backfield. Dulkey, Lacombo, and Fork, too, all played their college ball in Saskatchewan. It's a, kind of a interesting tie to all three of those guys.
1: Uh, round three, Riders uh, staying on the defense, going with linebacker Matt Dean out of York. Um, I was hoping they'd grab a linebacker somewhere earlier in the draft, too, just to... You know, provide a little bit more depth because behind Micah Tights, it's a bunch of backups and and young players right now with just no experience. So you might as well get another guy to come in and build that experience behind Micah Tights.
0: Nothing wrong with a good depth uh, pick, right there. And it's good that they
2: found place for Larry's brother. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that. A bad dad joke after bad dad joke from Greg tonight. Uh
1: round four, the Riders going on, on offense. Going with a running back, Thomas Bertrand Houdon. Uh I was a little miffed by this one just going with a running back, but then I started thinking about it, okay, well, you have Keenan France as your Canadian <laughs> running back. Basically just to play special teams and be a depth guy. Well, maybe this this young man can come in and, and push Keenan LaFrance and maybe push him out of a job and save the riders a little bit of cap in, in the meantime, especially if it's just basically for a special team spot.
0: I hope they spell his name right on his paycheck though. They got awesome. it wrong on the
1: graphic riders. You got to do better.
0: That That's just nuts. Um, but it, oh well, it happens, but yeah, I was a little surprised they went running back here too, but coming out of an NCAA school, yeah, he's got a bit of a pedigree, so it should be interesting. Yeah, he might be pushing LaFrance because LaFrance is getting up there, like for fo- for, for football age, especially for a uh, running back, he is up there. So
2: for me, it comes down to unless the guy is going to be an absolute game breaker, taking a running back in the in the first four rounds in the CFL draft just seems out of place. I I'm not a fan of the pick. It's not so much the player, it's placement of the pick. But as we've seen for the last. 20 years, you know, once you get out of those first three rounds, the next the next three to five rounds are just not filler spots, but they're hoping a prayer spot. So, take it on a skill guy, and what's the worst that happens? He's a special teamer, and you you move on.
1: Uh, round five, the Riders didn't have a pick because they traded it to Montreal for Mario Alford. I think that's going to end up working out for them uh, in the long run. So, Well, you, you think for a fifth-round pick, they would have gotten an all-star. I guess so, yeah. League or just division?
0: Uh, League,
1: obviously. (laughs) Um, And here's where the draft got fun for the Riders. Round six, they finally go on the O-line for a guy they'll probably never, ever see in uh, City Sal um, out of Eastern Michigan. He was drafted in the fourth round by Greg's New England Patriots. Um, So probably not coming to Canada at least anytime soon. But if his NFL career flames out, that's the kind of guy you want to have around.
0: Well, look at uh, Winnipeg, uh, rolled the dice on, oh God, why am I trying to blank on that guy? That offensive lineman a few years ago, no one thought he was going to come back either. And now he's on, he is on their offensive line now. I can't think of his name. I'm going to have to look, Google this. Uh, he went to Green Bay. Gray? Is it Gray? Jeff, Jeff gray. gray. Yeah. I did have to look it up. I figured it out.
1: And then uh, popping into the seventh round, another offensive lineman, Evan Florin, out of Queens. Um, so there's a you know a potential. It's a, it's a, that's a long term pick. I think he has one more year of eligibility, uh, so he can go back, get uh, get one more year of college ball, come to camp this year as well, go back to school, and then uh, bring him back next year and see what happens. So there's their two O-line picks that they went with. Um, They had a second, seventh-round pick. That was Nick Thomas, a linebacker out of Manitoba. And then a really fun pick in the eighth round, uh, defensive lineman Tavius Robinson out of Ole Miss. This guy is huge. Um, He was drafted in the fourth round in the NFL as well by the Baltimore Ravens. Again, probably not coming up to Canada anytime soon, but for an eighth-round pick, I mean, you're throwing darts at a dartboard here. Why the hell not?
0: This is still better than the automatic pack that Chris Jones did. Like, the, Robinson probably has more of a shot coming here than anything. But, yeah, eighth round, you're just – if it sticks, it sticks. If not, who knows? Because, let's face it, the, the depth of the eighth round is kind of sketchy.
2: <laughs> so, If you look back at the team's history, we haven't exactly had a lot of good luck with those uh, – those reach picks, you know, like your city Sows or or their. Um, you you look back to Anthony O'Claire, David Anyameta, Have we ever actually landed one of those picks that we you, you take that reach for, hoping he gets cut eventually? I I can I can't seem to think of one, but I don't hate it. Again, it's the eighth round. Who cares? You're at best you're getting a a, a lunch bucket special teamer that you know sees a few games and and that's that, why not take a shot and see what happens? And uh, just to close out the draft talk
1: here, um, other draft picks played in Saskatchewan. We want to give a little you know, local shout-out here. Uh, offensive lineman Dayton Black in the first round to the Ticats. He was with the Huskies. Defensive lineman from the Rams, Anthony Bennett going to the Bombers. Yuck. Um, Josh White from the Rams going to the Red Blacks. Uh, Tanner Schmeckel, defensive lineman, going to the Bombers again. Bomber Thunder, yeah, as well. Um, so Bombers going with uh, some local players there. Rams. Um, this Daniel year's BC. Perry, yeah, um, Daniel Perry, U of S Huskies uh, receiver, going to Ottawa um, in the fifth round. Uh, Charlie Ringland, uh, defensive back from the Huskies, going to the Lions. The I, I guess story around him is this guy was actually dominating. In the CFL combine, which nobody saw because it wasn't streamed. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Um and, and blue is ACL. Uh so obviously a, a futures pick because he won't be playing this year. Um, but the Lions sure love their Saskatchewan talent over there, picking up another guy and a receiver from the Huskies, Caleb Morin going to the Ty Cats uh near the end of the draft. So there's some some other local local talent here that uh, I know some of our listeners have been paying attention to over the last few years with Rams and Huskies. And always good to see those guys get their chance because uh, um, if they turn into something, Hey, maybe in a couple of years when your contract's up, come to Saskatchewan. That's the way to do it. Get the other team to uh, groom them, I guess. And, uh, and then bring them over once they're polished. Exactly. Um, also on draft day, I didn't even realize this until 10 minutes before it happened because I saw a tweet. Um, The global draft happened. Um, Very serious stuff going on with all the Aussie punters being selected. You can tell who's really taken the global draft seriously here. Um, The Riders taking an Aussie punter um, with their first pick, Adam Korsak. But I guess this guy has like a
0: booming leg. And he and, he, and that, he's NCAA, he's an NCAA trained too, yeah. so it's not like they're bringing a, bringing a guy just straight over
2: from Melbourne. 2022 Ray Guy Award winner. He's uh, he's he's got a decent leg on him, and apparently he's got a, a fair amount of NFL interest. So this might be another one of those. We'll see if he ever comes north of the border type picks, which isn't something you expect to see in a in the global draft.
1: But you know it does kind of make sense because. Uh... Kari Vedvik, of course, uh, is the global player on the roster for the Riders. So to possibly bring in competition for him and keep that spot global, it does make sense. It's not just saying, whatever, we don't care about it. We're going to draft only punters. It does make sense from the Riders' perspective. Um,
0: and Vedvik has NFL has NFL experience as well. So it's not unheard of. Yeah. Um,
1: and then the Riders taking
0: a D-line in the second
1: round Um ah. I know I'm going to butcher his first name, but uh, Habakkuk uh, Baldonado uh, from Italy. Um, again, a guy with NCAA experience. Huge guy. I think he's like 6'5", is what I read. So, I hope he makes it north of the border just on his name alone. <laughs> but the best part of the draft, and I didn't even see this until uh, right before the CFL draft. So before the Winnipeg Blue Bombers went out and got Sergio Castillo, uh, thank you, Chris Jones, uh, hate for letting you. him go and, and going to Winnipeg. Because once we saw that Edmonton released him, I was like, yep, he's going to Winnipeg. Winnipeg was going to bring in six or seven kickers. They took a 36-year-old punter in the global draft. And I howled. I still have a chance, guys. I'm 36. I still have a chance to go pro this year.
0: They, they they miss the to- days of Bob Cameron like remember those glory years of Bob Cameron with a single bar we need him
2: you're pushing 50 like, come on down but that uh, that guy at the uh, the riders free agent camp from a few years like or a few years back the uh that was pushing in his 60s is is sitting there looking at it going hey, I still got a chance now. Apparently I was just with the wrong team. But again, it goes to the point. Look who's taking this global
1: draft seriously. Sure not the Bombers. You're taking a guy who's 36. I don't care if he's a kicker or not. Like you don't bring in 36 year old kickers to try out. No, you bring them in. Like if you, you need a guy now, like tomorrow, because your kicker got hurt, you bring in a vet. That makes sense. This is, there was a draft article about him trying to make the NFL at age 28.
0: And that was from 2015. Which is weird. Cause the bombers arguably have possibly the best find in the global draft so far. With Hansen, and they're, yeah, the and, and they're, and they're doing stuff like this. It's just,
2: yeah, it's weird. It's like they made their one good choice and, and that's enough. They, sh- they shut it down after that. Anytime you see a guy making it, a- Take a 36-year-old punter. You know the entire thing is a joke. There's no there's no way around it at that point. They could have pulled an Ottawa. Like the, the CFL can't look at this and say, this is working out how we want it. They could have
1: pulled an Ottawa and drafted a dead guy. So at least this guy is still alive for a while.
2: Are we sure? Uh, I'll double-check that for you. Um, 36 is feeling pretty ancient. Someday. Easy now. My knees hurt. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I couldn't imagine punting right now. All right. One more bit of
1: uh, rider news actually here on the opening kickoff. And it uh, has to do with Canadian content. Just obviously talking about the draft receiver, Riley Borsma announced his retirement. Um, you'd have to think that he told the team before the draft because otherwise eesh, that's a bad break for the team, I guess but I think he would I think he would have told the team.
0: Um, you would hope so they had that, an idea.
1: So I was actually looking forward to him coming into camp and competing here with rookie camps or next week, and I think he's still classified for that, even though he was on the, the practice roster a little bit last year. Um, because with Keenan Schaefer-Baker out for at least the first, what, third of the year, possibly half of the year, we don't really know for sure yet. That door is open now for a spot beside Braden Linius. Joan Breskison, Sam Emilis, and Mitch Picton. And Riley Borisma could have gotten a chance to, to do that. Um, so this opens the door for you know Sam Emilis, first round draft pick from last year, to make a name for himself and possibly become a starter in this league in just his second year. And I mean, there's there's plenty of opportunity here. Because they're gonna go with two Canadian receivers with Keen Schaefer Baker out still. Emilis and Picton.
2: So opens the door for them. You know, we, we put out our while well, you guys put out articles earlier this week about your top five guys to look for in you know in this upcoming season. I at first to me it was I was gonna joke about it, but for me the top five spots to look for is that entire receiving core. Like that, it's it's literally all of them. You lost Duke Williams. You lost uh, Keon Schaefer Baker to injury. Shaq Evans is gone. Karan Moore is gone. I don't remember the last time we had a wide open receiving core like we've got coming into this season, and to lose yet another young, uh, young rookie Canadian, it's not a that's not a good way to start your uh, you're heading into your rookie camp. It's the cupboard's getting a little more bare than. Than we'd like for a position that felt super strong a year ago well they also had
1: what well, it was the he was a second round pick in 2021 terrell Jana um yep. ended up never coming coming up here and retiring so um who knows maybe the draft tra- strategy could have been different if the team did know beforehand but at the same time if the guy's not there that you really really like There's no need to to reach for him. And actually, Dwayne Ford said this at the end of the CFL draft um, coverage. um, And it it really kind of stuck to me about O-line especially. We used to see there was only 11 O-linemen drafted this entire draft. Only 11. So it does go to show that, one, that's a weak O-line class. But also, two that the skill positions hate saying that because you still have skill on the O-line. Um, but all the other positions, those guys are starting to come up a little bit more now. You're seeing a little bit more talent in the defensive backfield with the Canadians. And it's starting to level off, right? Um, but you're also not forcing these O-line picks. And I think that was the case with the riders here. Everyone wanting them to go O-line, O-line, O-line. Well, they actually have a decent amount of Canadian o and young Canadian O-linemen in coming into camp. So if if the the guy's not there and and the value isn't there on him, don't reach for it. Don't draft a guy in the second round who should be you know a seventh round pick. So I like the fact that the Riders didn't reach for anybody, and it just I guess really nobody else in the in the league did outside of uh, the number one pick Dante Bull. You think the number one pick was a was a reach? Well, no. I think he was just the best of. I, I think Ottawa was set at going O-line. And they picked him when he probably could have been there later,
0: based on, based I on what I was reading. But yeah, you're definitely seeing other positions now are no longer um, American positions. You're seeing more receivers. You're seeing more running backs, DBs. Um, but yeah, back in the day, the offensive line was a safe place to stash a Canadian. It's no longer the case, which is great to see. Well,
1: that's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festian of Royal Pedro Regina Realty. Uh, jumping into the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones, um, something that affected the Riders that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet is their home preseason game against BC no longer going to be on TSN. So if you have tickets and you were probably just going to not go because that's what happens with preseason football, um, you're not going to be able to watch the game game anymore TSN canceled the broadcasts of two preseason games dropping it down to two instead of four that they're showing and I wrote about it to me that's a big time fail by the CFL not because I really care about preseason football I truly don't the games are awful in terms of entertainment value they're for the coaches and management to build their roster they're for evaluation. I like going to games because it's just it's the first time to go to the to the ballpark after a long Saskatchewan winter so it's nice to get out there in you know May or early June depending on how the schedule falls and just go out there and catch some football and meet up with some friends that you haven't seen in a while but the league or by TSN just showing ah, we don't care we're not going to spend the money on it basically that's what it came down to their ROI return on investment just isn't there And I get that from a business side, but you can't tell me that they didn't know about that when they committed to four games. They knew they were going to lose money on these four games. So why would you just commit to four and then drop it? Only commit to two to start, and then if you add more after, you guys look great. But it's just the optics of TSN doing this just shows that, yeah, whatever, we don't care. And it's just awful.
0: Well, the, the good news is, uh, Ryder you know, fans will be able to see the game
2: on Steve's OnlyFans. I was going to say you can't tell me this is about money. I know, I know damn well you can broadcast a preseason game for the cost of a four dollar cell phone holder from Dollarama. So none, don't don't tell me this is
0: about the money. But I, and the funny thing is though, canceling the game at Mosaic, Mosaics like. um boardroom is essentially a mini truck anyway like TSN doesn't need to send a full dome truck to broadcast that game like I don't understand like they can do the commentary remotely or hire local guys just to do it it's they they hire local guys for the uh national lacrosse league so they're all basically t- um uh, contracts so why can't they do that for these preseason games? I don't get it. What are they going to put in in its place? The, I'm gonna be very curious. Yeah, poker. Like, yeah. You know
2: what? Honestly, the, the CFL preseason would be a great time to give some of those guys, you know, that you think maybe this guy will be a great TSN broadcaster down the road. Let's give him a crack at it. You know, Dustin Nielsen was not a you know known name a few years ago you put him in a spot like a preseason game give it get his feet wet do something like that make use of it you don't need the number 1 broadcasting crew nobody cares about preseason it's it's not exciting it's terrible football just give us give us whatever give us whoever tsn has
0: someone they've hired in the past to do play by play in regina they just, you had Daniela do hot, uh, women's hockey out in Ontario for the world championships. They could easily go, Hey, Daniela, you want to do this football game? She did the can- Canadian bowl uh, for access last year. She can call football. She knows the game. Like it's not that hard. Use local talent and you can still put the games out there.
1: And I think if you want to go that route, you can. And just put it up on your local CTV stations. You're owned by Bell. Keep it on the Bell property, obviously. Let's see TV Regina broadcast it. But do something. There's, like, there's no reason why these games in 2023 should not be viewable, at least by the home crowd. You look at the NFL preseason. Okay, well, the NFL Network shows literally every single game throughout the week, but it's all local broadcasts except for the one or two national games a week for NFL preseason. NFL preseason is worse than CFL preseason, in my mind. NFL Mm -hmm. preseason might be the worst football in the world. It's awful, especially week four, well, week three now, like the last game when no starters are playing, the worst football you'll ever see. But I just don't understand how in 2023 you can't have some sort of streaming of this, of these games locally, put them on TSN Plus and have, like Greg said, just go with somebody local to to broadcast it. There's no reason that fans of this league should not be able to see their team play, whether it's preseason or regular season. It doesn't matter. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to see it. And it's just garbage to me from TSN and also the CFL, the league itself, to not set something
0: up. In a world where content is king, not having your content out there is the worst thing you can do.
2: But then they're going to turn around and complain that the league isn't growing. This is the type of thing where you could use this opportunity to grow your league. Get it into different demographics. You know what? Uh, Why not throw another... like They did... uh, Who was it? The Elks did a... Was it Cree? Mm -hmm. A a Cree broadcast of a football game Uh, last season. I I think it was Cree. I I apologize if I'm wrong. But uh, why not try things like that? make use of the preseason for some of these not gimmicks but different looks on the Just game too try something out yeah like get it get an all-female broadcast crew I would love to hear Daniela on a a TSN broadcast I think she would crush it get get it get an all-female crew get you know, different languages. Get a an indigenous language crew. You know, we saw with the Penguins run a few years back, the the Nick Benino goal that set the Punjabi hockey night in Canada. Uh, it became a huge thing to to everybody. You need moments like that. The CFL cannot get out of its way. They can't take these opportunities to get these moments. These would be perfect chances to take those chances and see what comes, but they won't. They'll just complain that they won't grow, that they aren't growing.
1: When I worked in radio, one of the biggest things we talked about in house was how everything you do should be the biggest thing you do. Everything you do is important, every single thing, whether it's a two minute break, whether it's a 10 minute break, it's got to have a purpose. And it's the same thing here. Especially with especially with the CFL and the way that they're losing fans right now. Everything you do needs to be a big deal. A CFL draft. How many people really knew that it happened on Tuesday? The absolute hardcores. That's it. You got to find a way to market that better. You got to find a way to get that into more homes. You got to find a way to have more than just the first two rounds on television because the rest was streamed obviously on on TSN plus and I get it that's where you know TV watching is going but still people make it a point to watch football on TV you can't tell me that they could have just thrown it on TSN2 they were shown a movie instead like they can show that movie literally anytime you can put the draft on TSN2 it still has access to everybody that owns a TSN subscription but it's just Everything you do needs to be big, and this league fails at doing that. And it's frustrating because I want them to succeed. I want them to do better, and I hate nitpicking things on them, but it's just, it's so basic to me. This is stuff that they can't figure out. Okay, I, I do have to say, um, guys, I do owe the Saskatchewan Rough Riders an apology. The last episode that we did of the Piffles podcast here,
0: the we talked
1: about we talked about theme nights and how those theme nights weren't themes at all. There was a couple of them, sure. Uh the Calgary Stampeders announced their theme nights. Um, they have preseason night. They have regular season opener. Football uh, they night. Have, they have football night. Um, the one that actually intrigued me was Dino Night. Obviously University of Calgary dinosaurs, right? The dinos that so you can tie in some stuff there also have freaking dinosaurs there. That'd be cool. Have some fun with that. The way that they listed it off in their, their press release didn't make it look any kind of fun whatsoever. They do the family night. Okay, sure. Everybody does the family night. That's that to me, that's fine. Labor Day classic, again, not a theme. Um, And at least the riders tried a couple different ones. They had retro night. They had, you know, at least with the the home opener, it's father's night. It's father's day tied in, right? Like it's dad's night out. At least there's a twist to it. There's nothing in Calgary. It was like, they looked at the riders one and be like, how can we dumb this down even more and make it just so boring and bland and then do that and then make it worse from there? That's what the stamps did. It's just so boring, and they're losing 25% of their season ticket holders year after year right now over the last few years. This isn't going to get people to go to games. Just awful. So, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I apologize for being too hard on you guys um, compared to the Calgary Stampeders because theirs was just awful,
2: truly awful. If you told me that the – if you told me that a team had a dinosaur night or a dino night and somehow managed to have a worse set of themes than the Riders, I would have called you a moron. But they did it. How do you start off with a dinosaur night and manage to fail? This, I, this goes back to the league can't get out of their way. The teams can't get out of their way. People want reasons to go to games. Outside of Dinosaur Night, and like you said, they didn't make it seem fun. There's nothing there that's going to grab anybody's attention. Football Night? Shouldn't every game be football game? I mean, not in Edmonton, obviously, but everywhere else? Hey, they have guaranteed win night against the Riders. they They should start with a win night before they worry about guaranteeing a win. But my God, I wish the Riders would do Dino Night. That sounds fun if they did it right. But the rest of it, you're right. I'm suddenly excited for the Rider season. Come on, lights out. Finally. A, the
0: best theme there is. Finally, a proof that the Stampeders are taking a step back this year. I'm calling it now. <laughs> they don't want their fans to show up because they know the team is going to be terrible watch this like, we're
2: in the bloody west it's
0: going to it'll happen sometime
2: soon. one day one day we'll be right and it's going to be a glorious day it'll be a very oh.
1: glorious day we've been waiting so damn long for it Um, and one other CFL thing we want to get to here this week was the salary cap penalties for 2022 are announced
0: Otto, and... Ottawa <laughs> chef's kiss
1: Ottawa going over by just about $12,000, which, I mean, honestly, to me, I think every single team should go up to the penny before you lose a draft pick. Spend all the money. Who cares? It's a luxury tax. It's not a salary cap. Spend
2: the money. They went over $1,500 for every game they lost at home. (laughs) That's kind of impressive.
1: Uh, Yeah, so Ottawa going over $12,000 and uh, still having an absolutely awful team finishing dead last
0: in the CFL. Who were they paying? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Who has all the money and be that bad? Especially when your high-priced quarterback
1: missed half the year.
0: Yeah, and so his salary wouldn't have counted towards the cap. So who were they paying that much money to suck that badly? What would have happened if he would have lasted the entire...
2: What would have happened if you would have lasted the entire season? You're welcome, Ottawa. Think how badly they would have gone over <laughs> had we not had a jackass at defensive line. Garrett Marino did them up. Okay, Just right? saying. <laughs> oh. They'd be losing draft
0: picks. USFL star, Garrett Marino.
2: Is that
1: still going <laughs> on? Um my favorite was Montreal. Montreal going over $794.
0: Davis Reed put more money in an envelope than that. Like, come Uh, on, Danny,
2: that, 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 that's envelope money. That is envelope money, Danny. Come on, be better. Is there anything more CFL than a team going over by $794? Less than I, that might be the best part of all of this. That's like one guy at the end. That's less than one guy at the end of the year, just getting one game
1: in, in, in week 21. They got one game check. That's way less than that. And they went over by it. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it is. Hey,
0: God was got second in the East. That's true. Um,
2: uh, yeah, that $700 might've been the yeah. difference.
0: Speaking of second place, that was place, a home playoff
2: like, game.
1: Speaking of uh, second place, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, um, they went over the most. By um, almost one six, full Durant. $64,499. Those Cheaters.
0: Cheaters. Hey guys, you know the solid cap doesn't count in the sp- in the uh, spring.
2: Uh, I, I was... And sorry, that was a Durant and a half. There, Greg, wasn't it forty grand? No, 70. 70. That was basically was a Durant and a Mo Price. Was it, it was 70, seventy grand? I it was 40 70. grand for some No, no, reason. it's definitely seventy. Oh, was was it Mo Price that was it Mo Price that took forty grand off it's of us? Thirty or that? forty? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I was reminded Relightful. when
1: when uh, these lists came out, Winnipeg, and everybody started going on social media saying, ah, uh, you know, cheaters can't even win. It makes me think of the line from the Mighty Ducks movie. We can't even win when we cheat. It's stupid. I don't know why it made me think of that one line, but it did. So just funny that you guys well, cheat you, the most. If you're going to spend the most money, you might have well bought
0: two. They could have bought two kickers for that much. They should have <laughs> bought two kickers for that much.
1: That was the reason why they didn't win the Great Cup last year.
0: Yeah, thanks again, Chris Jones.
1: Yeah. Um, and of course, the team that they lost to in the Great Cup, Toronto, they went over by just about fifty thousand dollars, which hey, whatever. If it
2: gets you a great cup, who gives a flying F? Like that's go over. Why not? I don't care. We said it before, every team should be going over by $99,999. There's no downside outside of spending another $99,999. Do it. Don't cost a draft pick. But honestly, if you win the Grey Cup, I'll take a first-round draft pick. You, what's the old saying? If you aren't cheating, you aren't trying? The The Riders have uh, gone over the cap every time they've won the Cup. People have complained about it. I don't hear a lot of complaints about Toronto going over the cap. People just don't care. They're like, eh, stupid Winnipeg. That's the best part about all of this, is people are going off on Winnipeg when the Grey Cup champs were the ones that went over, or were another one that went over. It's delightful to me.
1: So my favorite things over the last couple of weeks, Winnipeg going over the cap by that much and not winning and drafting a 36-year-old punter in the global draft. <laughs>
0: things i hate about the the last couple weeks they got sergio back <laughs> the yeah one the one major problem in their entire game and they got him back and chris jones
2: is on a silver platter here you go guys um the best part was there were reports that they were trying to trade for him first phone call and I was... turned them down yeah exactly and then you just release him I'd be calling Winnipeg up and go. So what did you want to give us a seventh round pick? Sure, like to literally take nothing just to see him walk over there. Anyways, that was uh, that was some peak Chris Jones. uh, I don't care about the CFL Canadian draft. I actually he'd rather he'd rather take nothing than hand that hand a player over.
1: I actually like what Chris Jones did in the draft this year <laughs> uh, just in terms of like positional guys and, and whatnot. Like I actually really liked his draft. Like, Oh, he actually cared about it this year. All, all I know is guys, we are what less than 10 days away from uh rookie camp's opening. So, football season is here. It is May now. So, can we stop? Can people stop with the hashtag? Is it June yet? Because it's going to be May. starts in May now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be May. As long as you love May, you know, whatever. <laughs> Whichever boy band you prefer, and Sinker or the Backstreet Boys, go that route. But we are so close to the football season. Rookie camps opening up here right away. And uh, there's going to be some battles. We're going to be talking about that in the next episode of the Pipples podcast, the battles in training camp that we're looking forward to the most. I'm going to be taking some guesses on some rookies who I think are going to have an impact with the, with the riders this year. Uh, We are off season's over. It's everything's done. It's rookie camp coming up, which means preseason, which you won't be able to see on TV because TSN hates the CFL. Um, And, the season's here guys so i'm excited we get our cfl back
2: we made it we made it made it through another off season there's less than 4 weeks till we're sitting in the stadium watching football less than 4 weeks so close yet so yeah. far away All right well that's going to do it this week here on the
1: piffle's podcast of course the piffle's podcast is brought to you by our great friends at dairy queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal O'Page Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Gentlemen, we'll see you uh, next week and uh, we'll be talking on field stuff for the first time in a while. This is Tyler Gilbert. Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. The
0: ghost behind your mind.